on this week's Polyphony. Hello, this is Rachel, and we are going to be talking about school acapella during the pandemic. And we have some amazing guests or panelists with us today. We have Dennis Gephardt, who is the director of Port Washington High School's Limited Edition and the co-founder of Acapella University. We have Justin Glodish, who is the director of two scholastic groups, Valley Central's Viking Voices, which is a middle school group, and Elder Key Elements, which is a high school group, both based in New York. In addition, he represents New York State in the AEA. We also have Lisa Marion, who is the director of an elementary school acapella program at Nathan Hale Arts Magnet School in Connecticut. Welcome to all of our panelists, and here's Aaron. Thanks so much, Rachel. Dennis, let's start with you. Perhaps you could give us a little context and talk about sort of what the spring term of last year was like, sort of what was the wind down from the before times like for you? When COVID hit, we had just got done with a concert on Wednesday evening, and we kind of knew everything was going to be coming up. So I kind of went to my principal and, I'm like, and we had a performance. We, in fact, we were supposed to go to California. We had our big acapella festival, a silent auction, lot, other several large performances within two weeks. So it was like the peak of our time. And I went to my principal and I'm like, are we, are we going to have these performances? And he goes, by Friday at one o'clock, you're going to know everything you need to know for the rest of the year. Uh, so he, he wouldn't come out and say it. But, you know, here we were going to that Saturday was our solo ensemble. The next week we were going to California and I, I just kind of froze. I didn't know what to do. And that was the first time in my teaching career where I did. I didn't have words to tell the kids. So Friday came along and they said, go home, get in your lockers, take everything out of your lockers that you have and go to your gym locker like you're not coming back. And I had seen every class except for my acapella group, which was the last hour of the day. And that was the first time we we didn't have a song to sing. And we just kind of sat there and looked at each other like, what's going to happen on Monday? So it, it was just shell-shocked. I guess for us. And by Monday, pretty much everything had canceled, you know, the the entire rest of the year. So, so sitting there, it was really, really difficult. Like looking back going, what do I do? Because we have no, we have no more music, you know, to do. And that's our purpose there. So we had a lot of Zoom meetings and we just talked about how each other felt and where we wanted to go for the end of the year. And a lot of it was just social emotional, just talking to each other, trying to get through it because everybody was, you know, everybody was stuck in their rooms and we didn't know how serious it was. So I felt like we were just handcuffed and couldn't move and couldn't breathe, couldn't sing. So that's how the end of the year went for us. And and it was just a really difficult point. And I mean, everybody that I've talked to is the same way. And we tried to do videos and meetings and things like that. But it, after being in such a close group as acapella is, to do, you know, a box video, it was a form of karaoke. And it really shut the kids down, for me, even further, because they knew what they had worked all that year you know, it was at the very end and that was, and we just kind of shut it down. We kept on singing a little bit here and there. And we focused more on individual songs and I was doing one-on-one lessons with the kids just to keep their voice. Were you able to salvage any or, or, or adapt any kind of end of the year rituals for the group? Any way to kind of bring some closure to the year? Not really. A lot of talking. We, we couldn't meet, you know, and we, we were actually, we weren't allowed to go back into our schools. So what a lot happened was, you know, and being the high school kids, and I helped facilitate it a little bit, but anything that I could have done outside of school to get them together, I was discouraged because we don't want to get kids together. So it was a lot of like online awards nights, you know, and, and once again, the Zoom meetings, but we had planned on doing a recording session and it was just kind of turned in our heads going, how do you record in a studio? And we usually do four at a 
at a time or even drive down to Milwaukee, which is 45 minutes away with one kid at a time. You just can't do it. Yeah, so we did lose a lot. And there was a, a little bit of salvage, you know, with the, with the singing and saying goodbye. But that was about it. Justin, how about for you and your neck of the woods? What, what was the wind down like? What was last year like toward the end? It was actually pretty much the same as Dennis, actually. We actually had our Pops concert on that Wednesday night, I believe it was the 13th. And then Thursday, you know, the principal kind of made his way around, kind of letting people know. In, in his words, he said, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but prepare for two weeks. It was two weeks at that time. And we actually had an extended four-day mini break that weekend, I remember. And then it was announced by our Orange County executives, you know, the people in charge of our area said, you know, we're going to be shut down for three weeks. And then, you know, my wife is a teacher as well uh, at the same building. So the two of us had to try to, or how are we going to adapt what we're doing in our classrooms now for those three weeks? And then it turned into the rest, you know, a couple months. And then, and then every day governor cuomo would have a different thing to say and it would change it would be this thing one day and it would be something else the next day and then by i may i believe it was finally the rest of the school year and you know we're our district is luckily you know we have the the one-to-one chromebook initiative at our school so all the students had chromebooks so we had access to google classroom google meets to meet with the students and as dennis said it really became more of a, a wellness a socio-emotional you know wellness moment for the students. You know, my middle school group was 18 students this year. 12 of them were eighth graders. So they're moving up to, they were moving up to the high school. And this is only my fourth year in this district. And so they started with me in sixth grade. And so I had them all three years. So it was, it was really hard to not be able to say goodbye to those students. And so we did, you know, the virtual choir video at one point and, you know, we tried to do a couple more. And I think it really came down to, for a lot of the students that we had, not just the ones in my acapella group, but their heart just wasn't in it. You know, it was, we want to be in school. We want to be so socializing. We want to be with our friends. We want to make music in class. And, you know, being on the other side of a screen just really wasn't doing it. And, you know, the protocols that we had to follow were just made it very difficult to do so. You know, you had to to wear a mask. You couldn't be out anywhere. And, you know, businesses shut down. So you couldn't even go to socialize at a restaurant or you couldn't go socialize at the mall or anything like that. It was a very difficult transition. And, you know, one of the great things I love about my district is that they have given me the opportunity to help assistant director of the high school musical production. And our high school musical production was supposed to take place two weeks after we were let out. And these we were doing the Music Man. The kids were ready. We had the barbershop quartet ready to go. And the only performance that those students were able to have was a, a mini mall performance that we had the week prior. So a lot like I think we lost 18 or 19 seniors this year who missed out on their final performance in high school. So it was very difficult to transition. But, you know, I think one of the silver linings is, is once things started to get a little better for of my eighth graders actually and their families contacted me and said, we have a gift for you. And we have a nice little closing song that we've been working on uh, since the group started. And the four of them came by and, you know, they gave me gifts and they they sang on, on my front lawn. And, and you know, it was a nice send off and it was a little emotional moment. But, you know, this year is a, is a lot more difficult. So with this hybrid model that we're doing, but yeah, that's pretty much how last year went for us. How much of the sort of the impact the the emotional impact do you think for the students was based in part on the suddenness of it all i mean it just seemed very abrupt right and i i think you know when we started hearing the term coronavirus back in january and february you know it was just 
it was kind of brushed aside. You know, we didn't know much about it. Everyone was like, oh, it's a, it's the flu. It's kind of like that. You know, everyone had like excuses as to what it was and didn't know what it entailed. And honestly, I think we still don't know what's really going on. It's different information every day. But the suddenness of it, knowing that that Wednesday was their last performance in middle school. And they had one more day of school Thursday and literally March, March 13th, March 14th, whatever it was, that was it. And I think it really took a toll on some of the students. Yeah, absolutely. Lisa, how about for you at the elementary level? What was the, the sort of the wind down like? And did it come with the same sort of big cliff that it did for Dennis and Justin? There are definitely some commonalities in terms of where we were at in the season, because of course, all music programs that from March through June are ready to go in, in mm-hmm. one way or another. The school I teach at is an arts magnet school. So it draws from a, a region of towns into this one place. And even though we're just a K-5 elementary school, we have a full-time theater teacher, a full-time dance teacher, two music teachers. This is in one building of 540, um, a full-time art teacher, a media specialist who does a makerspace type library where they read stories and then make things in response to it, including contacting authors and doing all kinds of community projects. And so we have a very vibrant, it's a vibrant community just all the way around. We had on the Thursday, so everyone's on Wednesday. So the day after you guys ended your world, (laughs) our world ended on Thursday because we were doing, we're in our fourth year of doing a major musical with 80 fourth and fifth graders. We find just a place for all of them in the musical. And we were ready to do Alice in Wonderland Junior. Usually we do the kids versions, but we stepped it up and went to the middle school version because Mm. now the kids have had, the school's been an arts magnet school for about seven years and now we've had a full cadre of kids come through and they really get it so we can do so much more with our fourth and fifth graders than we could the first time when we did the lion king junior so we bumped up to alice in wonderland junior sorry versus kids and we literally had our first full run on that thursday afternoon the 12th and for the first time in the years we've been doing these we went all the way through the entire show with minor issues while all 80 kids sat in the room around the edges in the gym and patiently waited for what they needed to do with, you know, of course there's a little this and that, but it used to be a battle to try to get that done. We finished that run and we get called into the office by the principal to know that we're going to be gone. Now we had been told before, just as a heads up, I'm going to need to see you after rehearsal today. So we kind of had in our mind, something was going to happen, but as um, Justin was saying, you went from the two week to the, the month and it, nobody really thought it was going to be the rest of the school year when it started. So we had said to the kids, because we figured they were probably starting to hear things on the news or they were going to hear things from their older siblings. We wanted to give them something, but something that a nine or 10 year old could fathom just to say, we know you've heard on the news that there's a virus going around and, and people are starting to make some changes because of it. But we want you to know the show must go on because we wanted that rehearsal. But we also really thought that in a month, we were going to be able to reschedule the date. We use a big local theater that allows us to have our show there. And it's a really big deal. And we really thought in a month we were going to be able to do it. And so we didn't feel we needed to give them the no, this isn't going to happen. And so we kept them stringing along for a while. And then we finally had to have the meeting on Zoom, of course, where we made the very difficult decision. We even said, oh, we'll do it as a summer camp. I think it was as much for the kids, but even for us, just the place of having brought this program up as a team and having it come to this place and then not, it's not the work, but it's, it's the, it's the, like you say, the connection and the community that's formed when you work, when you do work so hard on something like that and, and grow together as artists and to see these kids do this and 
someone handled the stage managing and someone handling lighting and all of these pieces. It, it was so hard to lose. We also, like the rest of you, we were about a month out from our spring concert, at, at which I, my spring concert, we do four concerts um, every two weeks. And this was mine, which is choral and world music drumming. So it would have been the chorus and some doing a Hamilton medley, of course, that this had to be the year and doing music drumming, which is something I also teach. And then my acapella group who were doing Earth, Wind and Fire sing a song. We'd written an arrangement of that and we're ready to do something pretty cool. And it just all the bottom dropped out. And in terms of engagement with the kids, once we did go digital, I think we thought the kids would be more engaged because they're kids and hey, go ahead and play on your computer all day. Won't this be great? But they really did, as you had mentioned, their hearts weren't in it. And also, of course, I teach all the way down to kindergarten. A lot of them need an adult's help to do what they were doing. Many of my parents are the essential workers who were at work all day. So mom and dad might have some time at seven or eight o'clock at night, by which time the kid doesn't want to do it. And mom and dad's dad are exhausted. So our participation just overall dropped about 50% all the way around, not just for our essentials classes, but also for the core academics. We're in better shape now as we do our hybrid this fall because we got technology out to people and we were able to work around some of the challenges a little bit better because we're prepared to do it. But even today, no one could log on to the platforms they needed to log on to. Nothing worked that was supposed to work. So yeah. we were talking about, you know, and when we canceled our school, it was kind of like, okay, it's two weeks. Now it's four weeks. Now it's six weeks. So we said, you know, hey, we're, we lost all these great opportunities, but we have a means to salvage it. And that's how we left the kids. And you know, you're thinking, okay, what can I do in that time frame that I can pick up? And all of a sudden it was like, can I put a show together in three weeks or two weeks? You know, if I have eight rehearsals, what can I put together to give them something? Mm -hmm. And I think they were too, but you didn't know if, if you could use old material or new material or if we were going to have material, you know, because every week it was, well, let's go two more weeks. And all of a sudden the governor goes and says, we're not going to have school. And it was so late into it. You know, and we didn't have that time to be together, to grieve together. We did it over a computer and then they shut it off. So when you say about how, how disengaged they were, you know, I think that's what made a lot of teachers disengaged and students because hmm. you had to do it over a picture instead of doing what we do, which is in front of each other and sharing it with each other. Sharing it with each other. Absolutely. And that's going to be something that in the later years we're going to have to fix as they come back and because they're going to be dealing with those issues of trust. You know, I think all of our programs in the, in the United States are, are gone down. And I, I know some of it is that those kids don't trust that we're going to be in school throughout the whole year. I've had students that have dropped my class, seniors that have been in it and, and worked, you know, this is their final year and they dropped it. And they're like, well, at least I can take this class online and it's going to help me in college because I don't think we're coming back. That's really heartbreaking. Well, we need to take a short break here. We will definitely be back on the other side, I promise. As we leave, we'll be talking on, when we come back about things like the curriculum and instruction and how those things have been affected, focusing on listening and appreciation, other elements of the curriculum. And we're going to talk about sort of how our teachers are managing their classroom and working with students. But that will be on the other side. So stick with us. We'll have more from Dennis Gephardt, Justin Glodich, and Lisa Marion. We'll be right back. Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to, wait, is that right? The listeners? It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 
2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. We are back with our Scholastic Acapella during the, the pandemic, and we have with us Dennis Gephardt, Justin Glodish, and Lisa Marion. And here is Aaron Director, our host. Thanks, Rachel. Justin, I wonder, once you kind of wrapped up the sort of slow wrap-up of last year, what were the implications for you around the summer and prepping for next year and kind of thinking about what this year that we're in now starts to look like? I mean, did we have a, a, a sense of a game plan or figuring that out? Well, I had a game plan, but it really came down to what was going to be coming down from the state as far as what the rules were for how schools were going to open. And then it also came down to what the district's educational plan was. And, you know, there's there's all this talk about either going 100% online or using a hybrid model or, you know, five days a week, all the kids are back in school. And it, it took a lot of our faculty and staff and administration over the summer to really kind of narrow that down. And I give them a lot of credit for for doing what is really difficult in, in all honesty. And our board of education approved it you know, the month before. So it gave us a general sense knowing what we were going to be doing, which was a hybrid model. So that let me know that I was going to see at least my students at least twice a week in, in some capacity. I mean, the way that my schedule runs uh, and the way the hybrid model works in our building is, is that we have divided the entire district up by alphabet. So we had like the first, first half of the alphabet, they would come in on Mondays and Thursdays. And then the second half of the alphabet would come in on Tuesdays and Fridays. And then Wednesday would was a 100% online day. Teachers would still be in the buildings, but we would talk to all of our students. And we run an A-B schedule. So Wednesdays would alternate between A and B. And, you know, I've gone through it this past week now. And it's it's hard because with my chorus students, my sixth grade chorus students only seeing each other on an A day or a B day. I have four sections of them. I only see them technically once a week now because half of them are in on Monday, half of them are on Tuesday, you know, and then same thing with my general music classes that I teach in seventh grade. I see them once a week. Whereas, you know, my, my wife who teaches math, they don't, you know, even though it's an AB schedule, she literally teaches them all every day. So that's been part of the challenge now is knowing that this hybrid model is happening. I have students that are sitting in front of me, but I also have a wealth of students, you know, a bunch of students sitting in a Google Meet, you know, while I'm teaching at the same time. And then there's that third cohort of 100% online students, parents didn't feel comfortable sending their students back. So they're back online 100%. And, you know, I posted literally earlier today, I said, you know, it's the fourth day of school. And I think I've changed my plan of action every single day just to try and find the right balance of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And my acapella group is actually an extracurricular group, which used to meet before school and they've canceled all before school and after school activities for the time being. So that audition process is going to be fully remote, you know, using a Google Classroom for auditions and Flipgrid for them to record and send. And then it's it's really going to be, you know, me hashing out arrangements and sending arrangements and audio files from the practice on their own. So when we do have the opportunity to sing together, hopefully there's something there. Although I have to give my department chair a lot of credit. We have converted our softball field out back into a singing space. We're spray painting circles 12 feet apart 
and we're, we're looking to give the students an opportunity to sing in some capacity. But, you know, I think Dennis made mention of it earlier where he said, you know, students are just dropping things. My sixth grade chorus last year had over 120 students. And this year, my numbers only at a little over 80. So I, I in that transition year, I've already lost 40 students because they're not sure what it's going to be like. But every day is an adventure and uh, every day is a new day to to really try and figure out how to make it work for everybody involved. Lisa, how are you navigating this current year? What does it look like for you and what are the implications around curriculum with kids? So in our music program, the classes that I typically teach is, is a chorus. I have world music drumming and then I have the acapella group. And the acapella group in my school is actually during the day and gets to meet twice a week, which is amazing yeah. for an elementary program. I just We had an amazing principal. He just moved to another job, but he set us up so beautifully with his prioritizing. If we had a great idea and we're willing to do the work to make it happen, he was behind us to, to make it happen, which was great. So currently we're on the same hybrid type of model that Justin talked about, only we do Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday versus, because again, as an elementary school, you got to keep it a little a little cleaner mm-hmm. for the little kids and their families. I chose for my own, not sanity, I don't know what the right word is, I guess my own psyche, to just Sanity's not hold right. chorus, just to not hold chorus, because I felt like what Justin's describing, I knew that that was likely to happen. I knew that it was going to be difficult to impossible to ever get them together in a way where they could feel supported as singers, because again, fourth and fifth graders are not necessarily as confident as a high schooler who chooses to be in chorus, right? Even though these kids would also choose. I need to have a bigger group of them to get something to happen. I knew that wasn't going to happen. The rules about singing, as we all know, have been that you shouldn't. So I didn't want to make a a big group of people singing. So what I opted to do was take my world music drumming class and make it a little bit more like another course that they offer through that kids choir and drums. So we'll do a little bit more singing in world music drumming in fourth and fifth grade so that I'm not ending all singing in fourth and fifth grade. For the acapella group, last year, I have 15 in the group. Last year, 11 of them were fifth graders. So I only had four carrying over and would have to fully audition a new group. So for the time being, I've decided to set it aside. One student has asked, which makes me happy. And when we get in and sort of feel what the vibe of everything's like, there's supposed to be an opportunity to do online clubs. So what I might do is do it as an online club. It won't be as sophisticated, but by the same token, they'll also have a little bit more time to listen to pre-recorded parts. Because mm-hmm. I think when we've been we've done it live, this is the this would be the fifth year of the group. Yeah, every year I'm learning because I was just completely new to acapella directing when I started it. Always interested, but had never really done it before, and especially not with little kids. So I'm learning every year how to do this better, and I now really understand that if I send the pre-recorded parts to the kids, that they will do the work on their own and come in in a better place. We did do a little bit of that during the pandemic. We didn't do it with the harmony work. We did do a slideshow for the school because I felt in my heart when the pandemic hit and it was so sudden that we didn't get to say goodbye. So one thing that we did was I had everyone in the school send me whatever pictures they had on whatever devices they had brought home, the teachers, and we made a slideshow of the entire school. And we, we I just did a garage band file of any teacher, any student pretty much who wanted to sing on Bruno Mars's Count On Me. And we put mm-hmm. that together underneath that. 
So some of those kids did come forward and sing on, on that video. And then we also, the choir did a Hamilton medley and we did, we do have a virtual video that we hope to get put together, but we're just kind of waiting for the tech person who knows how to do it to have the time to do it because the district has this guy doing, of course, this kind of announcement and this training and all of the things that he would normally not be burdened with doing. So this year, it's just, it's relaxed, but it's not forgotten. Right, right. Um, And that's how I'm finding my peace. Because if I tried to do what I did before, I think I would just be frustrated and, Mm. and angsty. And I'm finding my peace in doing this really well versus doing things that I don't think will work so well this year. Yeah. Dennis, how how about for you, both in terms of what, what you're doing around the program, but also, you know, Lisa brings up kind of how she's relating to the program. How are you feeling about what it's looking like right now? I've been I've been teaching at this district for over 20 years right now. So it's refreshing to me. And I, I've spent the whole summer kind of mentally getting myself ready for it. My son and I went canoeing up in the place called the Boundary Waters. There's no cell phones. There's n- there's nothing. And it just was kind of like a huge reset for the month of June. And I just needed that for me. So when I could come back, we could, could look at things. And I think there's going to be stuff that I probably was very comfortable with that this is pushing me to get away from, to be a better effective teacher and to relate my music to the kids. So it's not just about the difficulty or, you know, what the local latest trends are, but really what does each student need to be successful in my program? So after June, we met my middle school teacher and myself kind of sat down and, and kind of like Justin said, we had the choice of being virtual, you know, hybrid. And we're, right now we're a hybrid where I see the kids for one day a week for 90 minutes. Um, we go periods two, one, three, five, seven, one day, then two, four, six, eight. So obviously you're not going to sing for 90 minutes. If you're lucky, you're singing for 30, you know? And so we we sat down and we decided, you know, we were going to take one easy piece of music because we realized that these kids have to find that trust in us again. And they have to demonstrate to all the other kids that we're going to be there and we're not going to let this happen. We weren't prepared for the first time. I'm going to be really doing everything I can. So I'm prepared for the next time. If we go virtual, we have steps A, B, and C in place. So we just, we started, we're just like, we're going to go simple because we have no idea. And we didn't know until like the second weekend, I think August of what really, what was going to happen. But we're going to be teaching that one song and we, with, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th. And 5th grade might do a verse because they actually have class once every two weeks. Or sorry, two times for one week and then they have off for two weeks. And then they go back on. So those kids might learn a verse. My kids, I see them once a week for 90 minutes and they're going to learn four part, you know, and they, and the, maybe the freshmen might not get there. Maybe they're going to three part or they might have a section drop out. But then I thought, well, what can we do? Like if we go hybrid or anything like that, and I, and we have a great media aspect of it where we have all this recording equipment and mics and everything like that. So we're going to go and we're going to record every kid, but not in the squares, but as groups when they meet. And I'm going to, teach my top concert choir how to record, mix, and edit. And so that those groups, there'd be 10 girls in treble choir that meet, you know, because of the mix, uh, the hybrid schedule, we're going to record them and we're going to mix them just like you would with the, with the squares, but we're going to use like four GoPros and I'm going to teach kids how to do video editing and do sound editing and sound recording so that 
if the holiday concerts come and we don't have a holiday concert, we're going to have a holiday concert video that we can share. Justin, Dennis was talking about, you know, making some curricular alterations based on not being able to spend as much time singing. Is that something that you've adjusted in your world as well? Are you sort of shifting where some of the focus is? Oh, yeah. Dennis is actually speaking my language because, you know, the thing is, is with my sixth grade course students, they come from four different elementary schools. And then sixth grade is the first year at the middle school. So they are experiencing me for like the first time. And one of the things that we're looking into, like Dennis was saying, is um, looking at different aspects of music, you know, music exploration, you know, looking at music as, you know, audio production, video production. And, you know, the district is is being great looking into like the music first series with things like note flight for composition and soundtrack for recording. And, you know, there's some nice collaborative features on those things. So it's almost like, I, I mean, I've provided many assignments because I'm also focusing on the individual students, almost like individual voice lessons. Because when you have a group of over 80 or over 120, to really focus on individualized attention can be tricky. So if you have them recording their own voices at home, you can kind of pinpoint what to work on with each student. And I don't mind that at all because when we do, I say when because it will happen. It has to. When we do get back together, I can easily determine, you know, what we can do as a group to make ourselves that much stronger. And, you know, going off of what Dennis was saying, how we can utilize, you know, recording software and video software and really give them a new aspect of almost music business. You're teaching them something that even as middle schoolers, you're giving them something that they can kind of take with them to the, for the rest of their lives. Like they get into high school, they, you know, they found an interest in that in middle school, they continue working with it. You know, you have music business programs in college, a lot of different aspects of the music industry can go into just learning those even at its simplest level with, you know, using soundtrap or or something like that. It becomes again, more music exploration and giving them an opportunity to see different aspects of of music for you lisa you talked about the the hybrid sort of drumming and singing combo meal that you're putting together this year how how are you doing that given some of the limitations on the singing part are there other aspects of of theory or listing or other kinds of things that you're weaving in a little bit more than you would otherwise well what we've been given in connecticut is this addendum seven that the governor put out which is allowing us to sing for 30 minutes with masks on with appropriate distancing and it doesn't have to be 12 feet but it needs to be not right next to each other because we're hybrid and the class sizes are small when i have a drumming class i won't have any more than 10 to 12 students probably less than that and my music room though not a high ceiling tiered music room is 29 wide by 45 long so i can very easily distance students in that environment so that's how i'm kind of going with it in in an elementary school music class unless you're in a very formal choral situation, you're not really going to blow through 45 minutes of singing anyway. That's just not the stamina that they have. So 30 minutes of singing in a choral rehearsal would have been an amazing thing if we really did 30 full minutes of of sing, you know, real strong, full out singing. So I don't think we're going to be really violating or pushing too many lines by doing what we're doing. And by doing the world music drumming as well, it, it gives them a stronger sense of ensemble than they might get if they were only singing in a smaller group like that, because the doing the multi parts in the drumming will reinforce some other skills that the fourth graders will certainly bring back next year in fifth grade. And then as they go on to middle school as well. And I did think of something else as, of course, you gentlemen having the older students who you can look forward to careers and things like that. 
one of the things we're focusing on, and this speaks to as well, is just the student's social and emotional well-being, the, the whole SEL thing, which mm-hmm. our whole school is thinking about. So within the context of drumming community, it might be that we're going to create our own ensemble. It might be that we're going to take a song that's popular, that has a message that the kids want to share and and do something with that. It might be that we're going to create new lyrics to an old song or take some songs that were a part of the civil rights movement, the marches and chants. So we can we can tie into what's going on and what the students feel that they need for themselves and their families in the school going forward as well. So there's a lot of flexibility, which is why I kind of chose, chose that platform. Well, we need to take another break, uh, but we'll be back shortly. On the other side, we'll be talking about things like as we have different educators who are sort of in a feeder program or at least in different stages of that feeder program, how that they feel they, that might be affected by some of the changes that have happened and some of the things that are in terms of when they might feel comfortable doing more things in person, concerts and, and when those things might start to happen. So uh, that will be on the other side. And uh, stick with us. We have Dennis Gephardt from Port Washington's Limited Edition, Justin Glodich uh, from Valley Central's Viking Voices, and Lisa Marion, Director of an Elementary School Acapella Group at the Nathan Hale Arts Magnet School in Connecticut. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. You may not know this, but Acaville is a nonprofit. We're a community-supported organization, and the way we keep our lights on and keep the music spinning is largely through memberships and contributions. So I encourage you to be a member of Acaville. Not only will you support everything that we're doing and supporting the community and bringing great music and features to you, but there are some pretty killer member benefits out there as well. Head on over to Acaville.org, check out the member benefits because we'd love to have you as a member of the Acaville community. And we are back with our last segment in Scholastic Acapella during the pandemic. We have again with us Dennis Gephardt, Justin Glodich, and Lisa Marion. And here again is Aaron, our host. Thanks, Rachel. Lisa, I wonder as you are taking your your sort of pause year, your palate cleanser year for now, what the implications you feel like are for when we're all back again? Are you thinking about ways to adjust things once this this period is over? We have been thinking about it in terms of we I built the chorus from about 20 voices. Well, actually, there was no chorus before I got there. So I started with about 20 students. And by year three, I was up to 80. And we averaged 80, 85 from 200 fourth and fifth graders. So I feel like that's a pretty good, good take. We also have a full-time band teacher who has 150 of those kids in her program. So music is well represented in the building. The band teacher, as an aside, will be able to do small group lessons. She won't do full band, but she will be able to have, say, three students distance feet apart in her room for lessons. And at the very least, it shouldn't kill the middle school program as they move up because we won't have a year with no band lessons. Um, Same thing on my side is what I'm thinking about is students will be singing and they'll be singing with the same direction, the same technique that they've learned from me, K through, and that will continue. So I feel that Although they won't go into middle school with maybe quite as much experience with multi-part singing. I mean, we do, we do two-part, we do rounds, a little bit of harmony here and there. We don't, I don't, it's not an auditioned group. So I don't try to, right. you know, go overkill on, on the difficulty, but in they, they won't go in with quite that experience, but the middle school is a little bit behind too, because they also were out. So we kind of feel like everyone knows we're a half a year behind. So we're, we've got two years. It's going to take us two years to catch up. That's how we're looking at that. But one thing we're hoping to do in the spring is we have a large 
large field and similar to Justin with setting up the singing space outside, we were hoping to rent a large event tent and be able to do some sort of music sharing in the spring outdoors with people bringing lawn chairs and socially distanced. So even if it's just a community sing, something so that there is closure to this year, no matter what it ends up looking like as we move through. Very cool. Justin, how about for you in terms of both how the feeder kind of piece of this is affected by what's going on, as well as what you feel like the the intermediate term future is going to look like this year? Well, I'm right now actively recruiting you know, I, like I said, we usually do our recruiting in April, May, fifth grade students come get a tour of our building and we missed out on that. And then sixth grade orientation usually happens a few weeks before the school year starts. We missed out on that. So a lot of these students, even today was their first time walking into the middle school building. So knowing that I think um, actively recruiting, talking to the students who are signed up, you know, they see that I have a wacky personality. You know, you have to when you're a middle school teacher. And they, you know, tell their friends, say, you know what, I think chorus would really be great. And, you know, talking with our colleagues, you know, our band colleagues, same as Lisa's, are doing instrumental lessons, you know, 12 feet apart, small group lessons, and really focusing on the chamber music aspect of things and and still teaching, you know, the the fundamentals, uh, especially for the middle school uh, band student. Whereas, you know, for our, for chorus, we're really just trying to make meaningful musical experiences. And currently our district concerts are on the calendar and they're going to stay on the calendar until, you know, we, you, you don't want to cancel them now because things could change. You never know how things are going to change. So, you know, the hope is, you know, if we do lose out in our December concerts that we have, we have a plan B and a plan C in place for all of our students to make meaningful musical experiences for an audience to see, whether it's done virtually or whatnot. And then hopefully, you know, by May when our spring concert hits, it's an even bigger recruiting push to continue making meaningful music. You know, with my sixth grade students, most of the things that we do, I start out with unison and maybe a few two-part songs anyway so i'm not pushing the envelope with them per se with the acapella group seventh and eighth grade it is an auditioned group and every student who auditions for that group has had me before they know my expectations so and you know and i even you know i've already made an introduction video explaining to them you know here's what it's going to look like this year here's my expectation from you you know it's you know, we were a group, we were a middle school group that competed in the ICHSA last year. We were one of two middle school groups that did that. And, you know, that was a big step for our group. And, you know, this year, you know, there is, it's all virtual ICHSA, but that doesn't mean that we don't have the ability to do that when we do our auditions and things like that. So active recruiting, making meaningful musical experiences and hoping and easing back into it when we're finally able to be together again. Yeah. Dennis, do you feel like the, I mean, I know you're doing some, some feeder development with the 512 song work that you're doing right now. What do you think the implications are for limited edition and other groups for next year, for example? I mean, sort of after this inter, intermezzo kind of goes by, is this, are there impacts you're going to be feeling, do you think, for a while? Yeah. Well, I've never met a really good vocal director that walked into a great program and just kept it going. I feel like a lot of us have started and built our programs from scratch or from a downward angle and up. And like I said, you just have to be willing to do it again. Nobody wants to go, you know, a high school teacher and spend hours and hours with middle schools and spend your Saturdays and and what you're give and all the things you're giving up, especially when you've done that and you had all the wheels working, but it's kind of like a small business owner right now. You know, they're scratching and 
we have to go back down and not for the benefit of our program, but for the benefit of the kids that are that have dropped and have lost that motivation. Um, so I look at the kids down there to, to really motivate myself going, we have to be back. My middle school teacher was very much, you know, we, we're going to lose all these concepts. They're not going to understand what a triplet is and, and this and that. And, I, and luckily, We've we've just been constant advocates to never and never let it rest. So we have a great booster organization. We have school board members that we're talking to. And I think it was two years ago, we've got it so that every fifth and sixth grader is required to have band music or general music. Um, it wasn't an option. So she's like, well, I don't know what I'm, what we're going to do. I, you know, because they shoved all the general musics in with the choir. And I'm like, what do you mean? That is the best recruitment tool you have. You have all those kids that weren't in choir that you get to sit with right now and you have two years to convince them to be in choir. I said, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. You know, I'll jump through the hoops. You want to teach summer school? I'll go back to teaching summer school and, you know, at, at the local school instead of going to the university or acapella university or whatever. So we just kind of made that commitment. And then going back to the kids, my goals changed. And and before it was, you know, I want you to, to four part and, and or eight part, nine part. And now I want you to look good. I want you to sound good. And I want you to feel good. At the end of the day, if I can do that this year, I know I'm going to have more kids because of it, you know, and, and I'm not going to push the kids if because I don't have the time. I have to look at what's been given to me, just like when we were all brand new teachers and, you know, I had five kids in, in choir. Well, how did you get it up to 240? You you worked your tail off. So that's my goal this year. Look good, feel good, sound good. And at the end of the day, I want you to come back because at the end, it's the parents and the students that recruit for you. If you're trying to do it all by yourself and you don't have your community and students working for you, yeah, you're going to have a long four years and those kids are going to be the years, oh, those are the COVID years where you didn't learn how to do this or you didn't learn how to do that. But you just have to have to look at as positive as you can. I know that there's already, I've only been in school for two weeks and I walked in from a class that I was supposed to have 60 and I had 10, you know, and I'm just like, oh, that's just defeating because because of kids dropping for various reasons and this and that. But then I, I, you have to rethink it and go, I have 10 kids I can work with that really want to be here, that we can get maybe have better discussions than I've ever had with those 60. So just looking at long-term, the opportunities that you have to, to reinvent yourself with the knowledge that you do now. I think a lot of times when I was a first-year teacher, I'm like, if I could apologize to those first three years of high school students I had, I would do that in a second. You know, and now I have the chance to, yeah, I I have the knowledge to, to do it more efficiently and make even a better program before it comes my time to retire. You know, I just have to, to not wallow in it and move past that, which some people it's very hard to do. It took me a long time over the summer to mentally get myself in a position to do that. But if I didn't do that over the summer, I would come back to school and I'd be like, the world's against me again. And, and now I have five more things against me. I think a lot of it's attitude. Yeah, no, I, I just love that you said that, Dennis, because, you know, your, our students, they feed off of your energy. And, you know, and, and to have you have to have that positive energy and that positive mentality as they walk into the classroom. If they see that you feel dejected or, or anything like that, that's going to feed off onto them and then they're going to respond in that way. So, you know, as 
you know, difficult as times may feel right now. Yeah. Coming in with that positive attitude, knowing that, you know, oh, there's 10. Yes, there's 10 here. And we're going to keep working with that. I, I think, I think they feed off of our energy and that is what's going to be the most important thing for the next few weeks, months, you know, to, to get through and to keep them engaged and to make them enjoy and fall in love with music. One of the things that when we were talking with Brody McDonald about kind of how he's evolving through this, he made some observations about kind of changing his priorities a little bit upon reflection after sort of going through this process and perhaps focusing differently in terms of competition or in terms of the nature of what how he's spending his time with his kids or recording or those kinds of things and I wonder for each of you and and Lisa maybe I'll start with you on this are there changes in kind of just how you're approaching this work in general that you feel like have come out of all of this interesting my program especially my acapella program is so new new to me and new to them that I feel I'm maybe still a little bit of where Dennis was at the beginning of the summer where I'm feeling still feeling the loss because we had gotten to this really cool place. Obviously we don't do competitions because we're a little, but we do go to any voices every year and we do perform on the big stage for everybody who's there. And it's a treat to do that. Just thinking about I can't even say that we could go to any voices this year because chances are in January it won't happen. So I still feel on on that end of things a, a little bit like kind of just wondering and I don't I don't think I've landed it yet. But one advantage I feel like I do have in this situation is this is year 35 for me and I've been there, done that been up, been down, um, seen some messes, cleaned up some messes, started some things from scratch <laughs> in a number of sc- in that time period. And so I think there is, there's kind of a peace knowing that something will emerge. It's not the end. It felt awful in March. It felt odd over the summer. I don't think I quite got to the place of feeling like like really hopeless about it because I've seen the dips and I've survived them. Without that though, so like some of the other teachers in my building who are haven't been through as much, I'm watching them really struggle, one wondering, mm-hmm. just like the kids, wondering what's this going to be and how do, how do we do this? Also for our school, we've been going full tilt for the last 7 years in building this school into an award-winning arts magnet school and it's almost like it's kind of a break mm-hmm. right now. So we're almost looking at it like a bit of a sabbatical in that we can think about different things. We can reinvent things and we don't necessarily have to know what all of those are right now. Mm. We can kind of let the year emerge. We can be a little more organic. We probably won't do the major musical this year at the big theater with 80 kids. So does that give us room to do something else? Connect with the community in a different way. And again, just be a little more organic about what we create rather than by a a canned show that's already great and, and put it on our school. Maybe something emerges from within. So it's, it's feeling, to me anyway, like an opportunity versus a discouragement at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, this was only our first day today with kids. So talk to me in a month. And I may feel but at this, it was great to just see little tiny people. The mask takes up their whole face. You know, it's like it was interesting. And then they chew it. And, you know, it's little kids with you, you haven't seen anything until you've seen a, a six-year-old with a mask on. But we, we had a, a good day and, and they were happy to see us. And it was good to make music with live people again yeah for sure 
Justin, how about for you? I, I know you, you mentioned you're about four years in in your program where you are right now. Maybe you haven't yet had time to kind of figure out how to reassess, but are there opportunities for, for reassessing what 2021-22 looks like? Or are there differences in kind of how you think you might approach it? I think so. I mean, you know, I'm in year 12 of teaching. You know, eight years was prior at Eldred where I created the key elements there and I'm four years here. And so, you know, and when I was working in Eldred, I was the only choral director there. So I was my own feeder program. So it, it gave me the opportunity to kind of really experiment with, you know, different ways to to actively engage and recruit. And now um, a part of a, a larger team um, in a larger district. I, I, it's everything that Lisa said. It, it rings true. It's it's a year of, I guess, experimentation in a sense. It's it's not a lost year in any sense. I don't see it that way. I see it as a, it's an opportunity to really engage the students a little bit differently, open up their minds a little bit more, have them think outside the box and really kind of make them more well-rounded musicians instead of just focusing on the singing, focusing on those other aspects of music. You know, with my acapella group, it's really going to come down to, you know, having them be comfortable singing online and not necessarily being able to meet each other, but, you know, them kind of learning a new way. It's all about learning something new. And usually, you know, with some of my, some colleagues that I've worked with and some that I talk to, whether it's through Facebook or whatnot, sometimes the older we get, the harder it is to adapt to change, I, I think. And, you know, but this is the year to really kind of pull that in and really like focus on things that we could potentially change, try something new. If it doesn't work, you know what? Hey, it was a one year thing, you know? So there's a lot of opportunities out there. And as far as next year, Aaron, you know, hopefully things kind of start dissipating and we're all back together and, you know, making beautiful music again. But right now it, it's definitely a time to try, you know, my colleague and I at the middle school, we, we do a, our own little middle school production every year, but now it's, it's becoming cross-curricular. Last year, the students kind of wrote their own little musical review in a sense, but they paired up and they each wrote their own scene that tied into an overarching theme. And now using this technology that we have, and we have the ability to use this year's focus is writing their own radio plays and and focusing on you know creating the sound effects using a variety of things from home and creating like a live streamed event for their families to see but it's something that they create on their own and and making it more meaningful because it came from them as so there's a lot of different ideas out there that we're going to attempt and hopefully some of them stick pretty cool dennis how about for you after all of this kind of passes to the degree that hopefully it will relatively soon and you get into a new year with limited edition Will the focus be the same place it was before, do you think? I think the focus is going to be in the same place. How we get to there, get to that end point is going to be a different. And I I think my groups competed before ICHSA. There was a few other competitions. I think once ICHSA has been in it, I think we've always competed because it raised that bar. And I, th- I think if anybody wants to compete, that's great. But if you want to learn how to win, that's the wrong place, a competition. They just don't do that. And I think right now I'm trying to get the kids to own their education instead of me supply it for them. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm going to get you two songs. And from here on out, let's do some arranging. And we we kind of ended that way a little bit. We talked about it earlier, but we we were doing original compositions. And then the kids were sharing them because we have on note flight, you know, and just kind of playing with it. And some kids were, you could just 
pick up. Were they excited about it, not excited about it? And then we have a summer camp with limited edition. That's a week. And it was the week right before school because that's the day that they could, uh, athletics were going. And I'm like, athletics are practicing. I'm going to find a way to make these kids sing together because we split up. That group uh, right now will not sing together for a long time uh, unless we make it. I think we're going to be able to, the kids are going to put the effort in and come in early or stay late a few days. But, you know, all of a sudden we were talking today and one of the kids is like, well, can we do one of my songs that we did last year? I'm like, absolutely. I think that's great. You know, they're doing that and we just have to find a way to take it, to take their music to the next level. Like if you have a performance, you're always sitting there and, you know, it's always that refining at the end that really makes those magical moments. And we need an end to so that they can refine it, whether it be a, a music video or going out and performing it at the band shell or whatever it is. But yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm leading off to as to where we're going to go. But like they said, it's it's a journey that nobody knows and it can be really scary, but it's also really exciting for me to see what happens the last 10, 10, 11 years of before I get to retire. Well, this has been a super exciting conversation for us. And I know I personally feel very inspired by all the things that you guys are doing, all the effort and energy you're putting in. So thank you so much to our panelists this week. Dennis Gephardt, director from Port Washington High School's Limited Edition, Justin Glodich, who is director of Valley Central's Viking Voices, a middle school group, and Lisa Marion, director of an elementary school acapella program at Nathan Hale Arts Magnet School in Connecticut. And stay tuned next week. We will be speaking with Barbershop Quartets and Choruses about how they're handling the pandemic. We'll be speaking with Lindsay Chartier, who is a Harmony Inc. queen and a three-time international quartet champion. And we'll be speaking with Tony Colosimo, who is part of Better Together and First Takes. So thank you so much for being with us this week and stick around for next week.